This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. All right. There he is. You know, I'm glad we had a little talk with our whistling guy because he's he's not as obnoxious anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So remember that. Yeah, he, he was a pain for a bit, but uh, I think they, he they tossed him out one time, and then yeah, he's too much. Uh, yeah, no. <clears throat> we like our fans, but over the top yeah. is too, over the top. She did a little much. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> and, <laughs> another yeah. episode of All About Wine live. Uh, if you are listening at yes, it's seven o one p.m. on July the seventh, twenty twenty two. We are live. If you are listening any other time, we are not. Mm-hmm. So, Man, this simple. is going by fast. We're already in the seventh month. Unbelievable. Oh, I know. Uh, this is, only... seems to be a quick year. <clears throat> yeah. Three more months to yeah. Christmas, folks. Three more months. So not go. much. You're right. You're right. Hey, you know. Don't blink. I, I saw blind. something funny on, on Facebook today. Somebody wrote... Um, 102 degrees outside, humidity up to 98%. You can barely move when you walk outside. But we should be seeing Walmart put up Christmas items within the week. You know, so. Yes. <laughs> yep. Get in the spirit. <laughs> Get in the spirit. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, no guest uh, for tonight, I don't believe. I didn't. No, nope, uh, no guest. I think you just have working to on listen a couple, to me. but good. I got got some interesting stuff I found, and I want to share with you. First, first, hmm. first, uh, a couple of things here. Uh, what's happening this next week uh, that you can celebrate with wine? There's no particular wine days or anything that I found anywhere for the week of the 7th to the 14th of July. So that doesn't mean that you can't pop open a bottle at any time and enjoy it. Oh, wait a minute. Saturday, uh, whew, boy, I'm not, I, I apologize to all my Islamic friends out there, but I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Ayat al-Adha begins, E-I-D-A-L-A-D-H-A. There's something you can look up, Mike. I'm not sure what that is, but 
my calendar noted that it begins this Saturday. E-I-D-A-L-A-D-H-A. So that begins this Saturday. And uh, as long as it's not a total complete fasting, then you can enjoy wine with that. And what else we got here? National Chocolate with Almonds Day is tomorrow. National Freezer Pop Day. Chocolate with Almonds. Chocolate, there you go. You open up some Cab, Merlot, uh, Barbera, and have it with your chocolate. Kebab Day is Saturday. Uh, National Kitten Day is Sunday. Aww. Monday, National Blueberry Muffin Day. Tuesday, oh, what the heck is this? Tuesday is Cow Appreciation Day. Uh, so go out and appreciate your cow. Wednesday, National Beans and Frank Day and National French Friday. So the Beans and Frank, you can have yourself a... Oh, what would go well with Beans and Franks? Uh, oh, wow. White? Rosé? Red? Mm. I'm not sure. You know, that's. I guess it depends on if the beans are flavored barbecue flavored hickory smoke heavy or whatever i don't know but that's an interesting thing if anybody has beans and franks let me know what wine you're drinking with it no idea and also national french fry days next wednesday and thursday coming up national mac and cheese day next thursday so get out your your mac and cheese that you particularly like there's all sorts of ways to make it well i'll tell you you look up mac and cheese and on the internet, whether you go Pinterest or whether you go, you know, Google, there are hundreds of different ways to make the basic mac and cheese. I have a friend of mine I play golf with, older guy, uh, and he cannot stand macaroni and cheese. He said it just it turns his stomach just the smell of it, which I thought everybody liked mac and cheese, but you know, not him. So. Uh, but that's that's coming up uh, for the next week here. Did you uh, look that up by any chance? I did. Uh, it is the uh, known as the holiday of the sacrifice. It's the second and biggest of the two main holidays celebrated in Islam. Um, wow. It honors the willingness of Ibrahim, Ibrahim, Abraham to sacrifice his son Ismail. Wow. Um, as an act of obedience to Allah's command. Uh, okay. And sacrifice. Well, geez. Okay. And let's see. There was something about um, the slaughter tradition involves slaughtering an animal and sharing the meat in three equal parts. Um, a goat. Okay. Slaughtering. I saw something about other meats uh, as well, but. Uh, Let's see, where is it? Uh, goat is very common. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, they mentioned, uh, I was reading on something earlier, in it, uh, a few minutes ago, and it said something about uh, cow and uh, I forgot what else on there. But uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I see the word meat. I'm thinking, you know, McDonald's or Burger King or something. So That would be, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> that would be. Uh, the sacrifice and I'll do the eating, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's a Islamic yeah, so holiday a, coming up. Yeah, big one. Yeah, big big, big one. Yes. Yep. One is, according to according to the second biggest one. Wow. Hmm. 
No. Uh, I, I, do you say happy El Alhab or what? What is it? Uh, joyous El Alhab or I don't know. Whatever. To our. Uh, I found it. Oh, come on. I just had. Uh, anyway, I just had the the meaning. The first one. The first word. E I D. It shows a long I, so it, like I'd. Uh, yeah, I was trying to no, get the pronunciation of it on online. Um, it means celebration, and oh, where's it at? Okay, there you go. Yes, it. Um, I'd, I'd, yeah, it shows an a long I, al, ada, I'd al ada, and then al hadad. I just had what the translation was. Oh, I means uh, festival. The first word means festival, oh. celebration, feast day, or holiday. Okay. And, okay. And yeah, it's so, the second biggest. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a big one there. Yeah. Oh. The second and biggest, the two main holidays celebrated in Islam. Wow. So, yeah, there's also a pretty good story I, about it. I had an Islamic friend who moved away. He, uh, what was it? Right before the pandemic, he moved. Uh, he was there and he moved to New York. But, uh, hmm, that's, uh, I don't remember him ever talking about or celebrating that. He may have. He didn't share his holidays with me. So, all right, very good. There you go. A little education for you on all about wine. Uh, and if you are... <laughs> yes. Of the Islamic persuasion and uh, enjoy your holiday. Uh, that's coming up Saturday. Uh, I, I guess it's on that same date. I, I, instead of you know like the first Saturday of July or something, I guess it's on the same date. So, or the second Saturday that would be wouldn't it? Yeah, that would. Um, okay. So, okay. Whiskey Fest. I know this isn't about wine, but uh, a lot of people who drink wine do enjoy whiskeys. And I personally am a big fan of scotch. I like a good single malt scotch. And uh, Scottish scotch is is excellent with that little peaty flavor in it and stuff like that. So, uh, Whiskey Fest coming up. The leading whiskey festival in North America. And you're going to be tasting whiskeys from around the world. There's going to be a selection of over 325 exceptional whiskeys from around the world, and including every, uh, including with every ticket is access to in-depth whiskey seminars, a delicious buffet all evening, whiskey fest canvas tote bag, a Glencairn crystal nosing glass and a one-year subscription to Whiskey Advocate magazine. Wow, that's a lot of stuff for, they're giving away a lot of stuff for a festival. A lot of times they just, you know, here you can come in, but you know, the food and stuff. So I suppose you can park yourself in front of the buffet and just forget the whiskey. I don't have a price here. Uh, hmm. Whiskeyfest.com. Two hundred and ninety-five dollars for general admission. Two ninety-five. Okay. Two ninety-five. Uh, is that in San Francisco? Three places. Oh, they have a few. Yeah, yeah three places. Yeah, a few of them. San Francisco, <laughs> yeah. New York, um, and Las Vegas. San Francisco is October twenty-eighth, 
New York is yep. November the 3rd, and Las Vegas is December the 2nd. So uh, yeah. if you are a big whiskey fan, then that'd be, all those are good places to have have a whiskey fest, too. San Francisco. San Francisco is my favorite city in the whole wide world. I love that city. And then um, New York, uh, if you're up in the northeast there, that's a, a convenient place. And then Las Vegas, which is funny because they usually, San Francisco is really not that far away from Las Vegas. They usually spread them out more. So there you go, $295, and you can get yourself um, a glass. Early early prices. Yeah, yeah, those are early bird prices. They probably go up to like three and a quarter or something. So uh, so there you go, Whiskey Fest. That's uh, uh, coming up. Um, I'll remind you of that again, if I remember, uh, in the future here. New edition of Wine Spectator came out. Have you got yours, Mike? Yeah, I think that was uh, the one with the vibrant Washington on the front. Uh, Uh, No, this is Charlie Palmer's on the front. Uh, And it's the restaurant awards issue. No, then I didn't get that one. I just got this one. And it, it looks like a uh, green vineyard or something on the front cover, and it says uh, Vibrant Washington on the front. Well, you might be ahead of me. I haven't gotten that one, I don't think. What's going on here? Oh, uh, okay. I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the back of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, because they do <laughs> have a Vibrant Washington on the back. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was the front. What do I know? And then, yeah. then I open the pages. I'm like, wow, it's all upside down. Actually, it's not upside down. If you if you no. start with what, what would be the back of the book, it's right side up. It's right side up. On the Washington. Yeah. And, and then you turn it around you, to the Charlie side. And it's that right side up. I just want to yeah. I know. That's like a magic trick. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like a magic trick. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a uh, pretty neat article on Washington Wines there, too, by the way. Um, okay. Get a minute done to and read some of those little articles, pretty neat articles. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the uh, this is the restaurant issue. And I wish we had thought, I wish we had known this was coming out. I'd like to have gotten uh, the girl that was on last year, the lady that was on last year, the woman. No disrespect mm-hmm. meant when I say girl, but uh, she was a writer and did some of the judging on these restaurants and stuff like that. And I, that would have been good to get her on again. Uh, so, uh, you know, and talk about these things. But it's always an interesting issue in the restaurants around what what they've got, and uh, you know the uh, the program and everything. There's quite a few on here, as there always is, and some new ones and some that have been around for like ever. But uh, interesting issue. Uh, most of them are reasonably priced. They're not really expensive restaurants. So pick yourself up and visit some of them. Some of them have absolutely phenomenal wine list. That's one of the criteria, I believe, for the inclusion in the magazine and the awards is their wine list. So check that out. And uh, if you 
get an opportunity and see the uh, what they have to say. Um, yeah, Wine Spectator Magazine, Whiskey Advocate, and Cigar Fajando is all all put out by the same publisher. So I said that because we're going to have a cigar show at the end of this month. And uh, uh, start talking about cigars. If you have any cigar questions or anything about cigars, uh, let us know before then. Email me or something like that. We'll be happy to uh, happy to present it to our our cigar experts when they're on at the end of the month. Also, a little article here. Very small article, but it very it jumps out the health. Part of Wine Spectator it says moderate wine consumption linked to lower risk of dementia. And so there you go, four thousand. Uh, oh, let's see, no more than that. They collected data from more than three hundred and fifty thousand, three hundred and fifty thousand participants in the United Kingdom, and they. Um, Check their drinking habits and all that, and they found that those who drank wine ended up with no or lower, well, overall lower dementia in the group than those who didn't drink wine. So, the conclusion, wine, beer, spirits, fortified wine were labeled non-wine. So, wine was wine under this group, so it wasn't like, you know, any alcohol, it was just wine. So drink yourself wine, not in excess, but drink yourself wine to help stave off that dementia. Uh, not not trying to make light of dementia; it's a nasty thing. But uh, drink wine. Yeah, it is. It's it's horrible. Uh, so, but drink wine. Uh, it's been proven to help prevent dementia, and that's a good thing. Okay. I got a. Uh, uh, I got a note nope. here. Uh, I'm sorry about that. I, I, uh, nope. You were talking about the guest we had on. Uh, was it, uh, let's see, Cassia Shifter, Associate Tasting Coordinator for Wine Spectator, and she was a uh, she's a certified sommelier. Uh, did the restaurant awards judging? Uh, talked about that on the show, and uh, yeah, she was on. Uh, what was this? Uh, I guess that was her. Um, it says uh, Associate Tasting Coordinator, Wine Spectator Magazine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. She, uh, she came on and did did quite a bit. Talked about the awards and uh, the judging and everything. So right. that was what was the name again? That was, that was uh, Cassia, Cassia Shifter. Shifter. Yeah. Yeah. I I pulled out the. Uh, uh, the um, credit page, I guess you call it here, or the advertisement, or whatever the page is uh, that lists okay. all the people. And she is listed mm-hmm. here as Associate Tasting Coordinator, an Assistant okay. Tasting Coordinator. Uh, she's got three people that work under her, but she is uh, yeah. under the top section of her. Uh, that show... Uh, that show, by the way, was two years ago. Two years? <laughs> oh my gosh! July, July ninth, 
2020. <laughs> yeah, almost oh. exactly two years ago. Today. Yeah, because that's, <laughs> wow. that's when the issue came out. That's when, you know. That was uh, unbelievable. I was like, wow, that, that went back quite a bit. Um, I I yeah, because the issue comes out about this time, and she was on the show when the issue came mm. out. And we talked about yep. the procedures yeah. and all that stuff on it. And I did invite her back. She said she'd love to come back any time. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I can't get a hold of her and you know, maybe get sure. her on over the next couple we'll get weeks. Her right, get her on the phone right Get her on get the phone, her on phone right, right now. Ring her up right now. Claudia? You're on there. Corvin, which is a wine opener, 
by signing up to it. It says here, become confident with Italian wine in less than a month. Explore one of the largest and most diverse wine regions. Pump up your Italian wine knowledge with the newest Wine Folly digital course hosted by Madeline Puckett and Master of Wine Christine Marsiglio. So, uh, uh, I do, do you, have the prices. Do you? <clears throat> yes. Okay. That's why we keep you around, Mike. You're uh, so good at that. So, so good at that. <laughs> <laughs> the Italian wine course uh, pre-order. It looks like, uh, yeah, it's on there. Uh, $249, and you'll learn uh, the 20 major regions of Italy. It's over five hours of video, and you'll become uh, confident with Italian wine in less than a month. Or the most popular, of course, is the Italian wine course map and journal, which is $289, uh, you'll do the same thing, uh, five hours of video. You'll also get a digital map of Italy, which is a $25 value. What? A digital map? Wow. A digital map? Uh, and uh, the 2022 yes. uh, 20, 20, Vintage Wine Folly Wine Journal, which is also a $25 value. Uh, okay. And That's a nice if you want journal. certification, yeah. uh, if you want uh, certification, uh, as you know, to add it into it, the whole course map journal and certification is three hundred and sixty nine dollars, um, and that includes a twelve part formal exam and certification as well. So, wow, part of that. Yeah, and you own it for hmm. life and do it at your own pace. Hmm. There's no okay. restrictions on how long you can do it too. So, uh, there you go. Well, good. Thank you, Mike. It didn't say, I was reading this here. It didn't say any prices here. So, uh, if you're interested in the pre-sale, which ends tonight, then you need to get on top of that. I don't know how much it might go up after the pre-sale, but uh, the pre-sale ends tonight. So, uh, do that. They are located in Canada, Calgary, Canada. So, they're over on, that's their mailing address anyway, in Calgary, Canada. So, uh, midnight there would be like three hours, be like three o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. So uh, either way, get it done if you're interested, and then you won't have to worry about anything Italian. You can talk intelligently about Italian wine from now on. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, what's this this one have to say? We can check this. Uh, Oregon welcomes its 23rd American Viticultural Area, or AVA. 23 in Oregon. Mount Pisgah, P-I-S-G-A-H, located in Polk County, Oregon, is the newest AVA. Um, it is in the Willamette Valley, and it has received federal recognition as an official AVA. Uh, the uh, distinct soil, topography, and climate attributes make Mount Pisgah uh, a uh, unique growing area 
the 23rd federally recognized wine growing region in Oregon and the 11th AVA, nested AVA, within the Willamette Valley. So you have the Willamette Valley, which is an AVA, and then you have these 11 others that are inside the Willamette Valley. So it gives you an AVA inside an AVA. If you're not inside one of these 11, you still use AVA of Willamette. Uh, the new AVA was granted approval by the TTB on June the 3rd, and it takes effect on July 5th, which was two days ago. So it is official now. So it is out there, and it is the newest AVA in uh, in Oregon. Uh, let's see. Oh, what is this? It makes it bigger? No, it doesn't. Uh, there are three wineries in the new AVA. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, that's this Creek. Six wineries that are located on estate vineyards, and then it says Fern Creek. They got two wineries there, and. Cooper Hollow, whatever. Cooper Hollow and Fern Creek, I guess, are a couple of areas there. So, yet another. Uh, well, the grapes there, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Pinot Gris, Tempranillo, and Pinot Blanc. Uh, yeah, new ABA in Oregon. Uh, popping up. You all know what ABAs are now. I've talked about them enough, so you, you know what ABAs Napa has changed its rules to allow, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, Napa has changed its rules to give micro wineries a chance to survive in Napa. They've had some pretty stringent rules there about micro wineries, and they have changed the rules uh, to... Uh, allow them, which a lot of them are farm wineries, and so they figured saving the farm, uh, the family farm wineries, and so the new rules will be uh, helping the smaller family farm wineries in Napa set up and survive without the outrageous rules that they have in Napa. Minimum size of a micro winery farm will be 10 acres. And uh, another requirement is that tasting facilities cannot exceed 5,000 square feet, which is usually not a problem. I mean, 5,000 square feet is a pretty big place for tasting. A lot of these places, uh, I went to some of them in Paso Ropos, and the tasting room was... Uh, the entrance way to the house and they had a a board set up there and you taste it in there so 5,000 square feet is pretty large it says that also uh, uh, the uh, members are reviewing what it will take to qualify for micro winery certification explaining that some requirements won't be cheap such as widening roads to 20 feet with two shoulders and that could get expensive. Get yourself a, a bulldozer or a grader and go in there and do it. 
traffic going to and from the microbrewery cannot exceed 40 trips daily. And that includes employees and deliveries, which basically leaves about 20 trips for visitors and 10 cars daily. Because that's include going and coming. So, you know, 10, 10 cars daily into the micro winery. That's pretty restrictive in itself, but it still gives them a start and it still gives, you know, you can still get certification as a micro winery and go from there. So, uh, it's still a lot cheaper than uh, what it would cost. They estimate that it's about $5 million minimum normally to uh, establish a winery in Napa. So, what it would take to get this going on micro wineries is a lot cheaper than the five million dollars. So if you're out there in Napa area, visit the micro wineries. They are they are around there. Uh, I, you see a lot more in Paso Ropos and in Napa, but at least Napa is allowing them now, which is a good thing. Uh, but, I, I well, I bounced and hesitated for a second there. I started to read this article, and I got partway through it, and I said, no, I don't want to read anymore. But let me tell you about it. It says, over the past two decades, the use of technology in the vineyard and the cellar has exploded, and it's changed the way wine is made, basically. And some of the technology, uh, technological advancements have helped improve the quality and a lot of stuff. But the question is, does technology terror? Is technology better than terror? Is the basic question. And the article went on to debate it back and forth if technology is better than terror, which terror, it, as you know, is the, the land and the weather and climate and all this stuff and how it affects the grapes. Well, technology has taken over in a lot of areas, which can just do all that and not have to worry about what is happening with the rain and soil and everything. The article says, does it? And, you know, I... I read through actually quite a bit of it and uh, the, the bottom line is they never really answered the question um, that's why I quit reading the thing uh, it says that tech is not changing uh, wine but it's given a better opportunity to develop it uh, the terror is still important for the grapes and the soil and all that but technology enhances the terror and I one person in the article said that technology actually makes wine so much better and the terror doesn't really have that big of an effect once you pick it then you can start manipulating it which you can I mean I, I believe me you know some of the things that can be done so why is terror so important because some wines aren't manipulated. Technology doesn't come into play. So when someone starts bragging about their terror and their their land and soil and all that other stuff, it's because they 
probably rely a lot on that and not on the technology to tweak the wines. So uh, it's uh, it's still out there. This one really caught my eye. The scientists are finding grapes to grow in Florida. Okay, yeah, good. Uh, you know, I uh, am a Florida winery, Florida wine maker, and all that, and they said that they're finding grapes grow in Florida. But I, it says there are 40 wineries around Florida. Uh, as of 2017, growers in the Sunshine State were producing over 1,500 acres of muscadine grapes. And that's 74% increase in the last 10 years. The uh, Ali Sarkosh is a US, uh, UFIFAS, IFAS assistant professor. He tries to grow varietal grapes in Florida. And he conducts his grape research at the IFAS plant in uh well, actually, between Gainesville and Ocala, there's an area there. It's Citra is the name of the area. And uh, he said that they, the muscadines are able to go to market a few weeks ahead of Georgia and North Carolina's muscadine grapes that hit the market. And said the farmers in those two states grow muscadine grapes and deliver them to markets in August, September, and October, whereas Florida can start getting the grapes out there by the middle of July. If you like muscadine grapes, that's wonderful and that's great, but usually uh, most people have to have a taste for muscadine. The Also, uh, the scientists I have to worry about Pierce disease, which is uh, <laughs> and this is strange here because the article said that Pierce disease is the primary enemy for growing muscadine grapes, and it's not. I, I believe me, I grew grapes. Muscadine grow wild in Florida is the vinifera, vitus vinifera family of grapes that the Pierce disease gets into. So this really, when I read this, I'm going, what? This something's not right on this. And, but they talked about that. And then he said he planted a block of uh, a block of Chenin Blanc uh, white variety, and uh, he's getting some growth on those. Well, that's what Pierce disease attacks is the Vitis vinifera, not the uh, uh, not the muscadine or the muscadine family. So, uh, as I read into this article, I, I'm you know, he's talking about how great he's doing, and the goal is to dispel the myths and to answer any questions about the winemaking process on this. And I just, uh, I was confused. He's going to have a grape field day coming up on August the 12th, and I'm seriously thinking about going to that just to see and ask him, about Pierce disease and the muscadine grapes, and if his Chenin Blanc is growing and all that. So I don't know. But it, it was the whole article just really caught me off guard because I've talked to all of you before 
about Pierce disease and how Pierce disease affects the Vitus vinifera grapes and we grow muscadine grapes in Florida <clears throat> and if muscadine grapes are affected by Pierce disease then how does the increase in muscadine grapes of 15,000 acres uh, increased 74% in 10 years. Why is it not being affected by Pierce disease? So I think it was, uh, I don't know, wrong. And, uh, I mean, we have other things to worry about, you know, the of funguses and molds and everything else because of the humidity and the heat here. But Pierce disease doesn't affect the muscadine. So, all right, well, enough of my ranting. I am making myself a note and seeing if I can't register for that seminar. Alcohol-free wines. We talked about that last week, and here's a, another big article on it. And it said that it's... Uh, really quite a demand on alcohol-free wine. It really surprises me. Uh, it, the article says that some impressive products are hitting the market in alcohol-free wine. Uh, and I... Well, I don't know. I... I <laughs> I I can't see it. I I'm, I'm sorry. I it's uh, the London Wine Fair uh, had some alcohol-free wines. Uh, the no and uh, low alcohol no low sector uh, is uh, really taking off everywhere. It says 49% of UK adults are either not drinking any alcohol or are planning to cut down. And according to Lucky Saint, the leading alcohol-free beer brand, 7.9 million adults took part in dry January this year, compared with 6.5 million in 2021. Dry January? What, you don't drink at all in January? I'm not familiar with that either. That said, you really don't have to look at the stats, just trust the evidence. Almost every deli, health food shop, and cafe has shelves full of alcohol-free drinks. Not just wine, but everything. Uh, comparably easy to switch to no and low alcohol beer. Uh, Booze-free wine is much harder than nut to crack, which is true. Uh, people who have never drank alcohol need to give up for extended periods, uh, but much less gratifying for wine drinkers who want to take the odd day off. But they said that it's hard to nail reds uh, with good taste and no alcohol. And they even, and they still contain alcohol, 0.5%. 0.5% is still alcohol. All right. And, and I told you how they did it a couple, three weeks ago. I was talking about this. Uh, but, uh, oh, a little side note here. James Kahn from... Godfather and quite a few other shows. He passed away. He was 82 years old. Uh, I hadn't heard. And the market for Nolo wines grew by 64% in this past year. Um, price has been a stumbling block, but people aren't really concerned about the price. 
they're saying that a lot of times it's a question of social inclusion. Uh, if you have yourself a good NOLO wine, then you can blend right in with everybody else and not look odd. And so, what? I, I mean, if people aren't drinking, they're not drinking. I think society accepts that now. I don't think it's a a stigma anymore. I may be wrong, and if I am, let me know. But you know, do you drink? No. Okay. And I think that's about it. But it says pubs and restaurants are offering Nolo wines, and uh, they are increasing all the time. I I, I have mixed feelings about the Nolo. <laughs> I really do. Uh, so. Uh, they are a lot of them out there, and they're getting more and more all the time. They are de-alcoholized. A lot of them are, uh, are made with alcohol and have the alcohol removed, and which does leave a little bit of the alcohol in the wine. So, and you know, it, if you are a member of AA, you know no alcohol is no alcohol, not even 0.5% in a glass of no low wine. So, I don't know. I, I'm sure we will be seeing more comments and more things on low alcohol, no alcohol wine coming up in the future because it's becoming a very, very hot thing now. Okay. Uh Hmm. Uh, get rid of that and go down to. Well, I lost it. No, I didn't lose it. I'm in the wrong section. Okay. Uh, hmm. Maybe I did lose it. No, I didn't. Okay. And I got a lot of junk I get in my emails. I'm going to start unsubscribing to some crap here. Uh, okay. Oregon State researchers discovered compounds contributing to smoke taint in wine and grapes. Very important because when you can find the compounds, you can eliminate the problem. And so it is getting closer to not being an issue with smoke taint in wine or you know, affecting the grapes. And if that's the case, then there won't be a problem like we had a couple years ago when tons and tons and tons of grapes were not sold because they were tainted. Uh, and so, and it's basically the whole left coast, the whole western coast in the United States that has a problem with that, California, Oregon, Washington. And so they narrowed down the compounds that cause it, and they are working on being able to stop the smoke taint and wines. Uh And, let's see, see, uh, 
the grapevines are ate by birds. By, uh, oh, what is this? I don't want this, and I don't want this. Okay. A lot of birds eat a lot of grapes. That's why they have netting over grapes everywhere. Well, there's a lot of birds of prey that eat other birds, and they are now having birds of prey hang around vineyards. People who have the birds of prey are bringing them into the vineyards to try to clean out some of the birds that are around there. And it's becoming very lucrative for those who have birds of prey. They're also using other means. They have fake birds of prey that they have on well, cables that look like they're flying around. And they also have different ones that sit on different fence posts uh, that are plastic that look like they are on guard for the vineyard. They also have balloon-shaped birds of prey that will sit out there and uh, scare off birds. But that eventually gets to the point where the birds say, hey, that's not going to bother me. That's not going to affect me. I think that's a fake. I think that's a balloon. I'm going to go in there anyway. So that's why they bring in the real birds of prey every once in a while and let them fly around. They start catching some birds, and the other birds are going, whoa, that, that, those aren't fake after all. we got to stay away from there. And it's working. It's becoming big, big business for people who have birds of prey. Um, these people with, with birds of prey, I was at, at the winery. Uh, this was 10 years ago. Let's see, back in 12, yeah. This was 10 years ago, and a guy came in who had a falcon, and he would bring his falcon in, let his falcon do hunting. And he says the only thing that he worried about with his falcon were eagles, because eagles would catch falcon and eat falcon. I had no idea. And so he had to be careful with that. And also, uh, owls will catch falcon and falcon are fast yes but owls are silent and they sneak up on them and get them so there's even the birds of prey have birds of prey but it is working out in california now using them to try to control the the feast that the other little birds have. Now, you get around these vineyards and the birds go crazy as those grapes start to ripen and get uh, get good. Uh, they go crazy. Uh, talked about it before. Here's another big article. The canned wine revolution. It is here. It is unbelievable how many canned wines there are out there. There's nothing new. It's been around for a long, long time, but uh, it is really, really exploding. 1979? 
Well, no. Uh, you know, here it says, wine and aluminum cans have been around for a long time. A guy by the name of Alan Green holds the Guinness World Record for having the largest canned wine collection. And he has examples dating back to, guess what year? Guess what year? 1936. The Gottfried Kruger Brewing Company did some wine in a can. 1936. Boy, I bet that tasted really funny. Uh, then 1979, uh, Villa Bianchi Winery, which is just Bianchi Winery now, released two ounce wine coolers in cans. And uh, they were available in 45 states. I don't know what states they were in, probably Utah and Alabama. Called Light Red and Light White, L I T E, Light Red and Light White. And in 1980s, Coca-Cola even did some canned Seagram's. And then in 2004, Sophia Blanc de Blanc, produced by Francis Ford Coppola, was the beginning of the market of uh, canned wines. It took off from there. And now it is more than a $211 million business globally, just in canned wines alone. So... Uh, we've talked about it before, and it's going to be around. More and more wineries are starting to come out with canned wines. Also very popular with the millennials. They are drinking more than their share of canned wines and uh, buying a lot more than their share of canned wines. So millennials are, are the big users of canned wines right now. They can get expensive, though, uh, but when you start figuring how many ounces you're getting or how many milliliters, which is easier to figure milliliters because you got 750 milliliter for a bottle of wine, and then the cans are usually marked in milliliters instead of ounces. So if you figure how much volume is in those cans compared to how much is in a 750, you are probably going to end up about your price range on some of these. Uh, Sipwell, or Sipwell, uh, That's the Jam is uh, the, the name of the wine. That's the Jam. There is uh, $50 for a six-pack, and it doesn't say the size. I don't know. Um, Maker Wine from Clarksburg as a Chenin Blanc, $48 for a six-pack. These are just some examples they're doing. Here's West Plus Wilder Columbia Valley Red Blend, $17 for a three-pack, which is even cheaper. That runs you about $30, $34 for a six-pack. Here's Groove Joyride Rosé, $42 for a six-pack. And another one called Just Enough. And this is a rosé bubbly, $42 for a six-pack. And then Nomadica, Nomadica, California Chardonnay, $54 for an eight-pack. So some, some to try. I, I, most 
wine shops and most wine stores are not really in a big rush to start putting canned wines on the shelf. And I don't know why. I, I ask them every time I go in someplace, where's your canned wine, just so I can get the look. And they tell me where they are. And it's a lot of them are small section. You don't have a good variety. Maybe more so in California, but right now in Florida, there's not a real, real big variety of canned wines. So, but... We will continue to try to keep you updated on canned wines as much as we can because there are a lot, a lot of them out there. Okay, let me find what I was, one particular thing I was going to talk to you about. And I got to find it. Is that. No. I have uh, some filler information for you while you're looking. Um, thank you. That, that's the jam, Grenache, uh, $48 for six cans, which is the equivalent of two standard bottles. Or oh. you can order 12 cans, 12 cans, which is uh, four standard bottles, for $86. So huh. six cans. So two bottles roughly in can the equivalent uh in cans for the uh, that's the jam is forty eight dollars for for six cans uh two hundred and fifty milliliter can so well, then that's wow. the reasonable price then that's you know that's about yeah yeah, yeah. that's not too uh, bad at all then four dollars a bottle roughly so yeah um yeah. they have some that are seventy five dollars on up and you know there's a couple others. Signature box, yeah, there's quite a bit. So, yeah. Well, you know, there you go. I mean, as long as you're you're looking at the the price you're paying for the bottle or for the cans and comparing that to what you normally would pay for a uh, a 750 milliliter, then you can get an idea of what it's going to cost you. for the cans if you're paying more or less and it shouldn't be more I mean you know a lot of times the cost for doing cans does cost you more uh, but you know it does cost wine you more but <clears throat> it shouldn't be an issue so do a comparison there whenever you do that stuff and uh, you'll get an idea of how much you're paying for it, and then you can judge if it's worth it or not. Uh, let's see. No, what, what is that? I marked it so I wouldn't lose it, and I lost it. Uh, is this the one? Uh, no, that's what I just looked at. That's not the one. Hmm. Oh, here we go. I just found it. Okay. And V is for Vino. That's a wine show. I never heard of it. I, I, it's, but I saw here, I, season four is premiering on June the 24th. I'm going, season four? I've never heard of season one, two, or three. Now we got season four. And... and I was surprised, but let me let me read you this little thing here. And this is just out of the wine industrial 
Network, Wine Industrial Network Advisor. It's the only place I've seen this. I haven't seen this advertised anywhere else. But uh, it says on June 24, 2022, uh, this came out. Wine, food, and travel TV show V is for Vino premiered its much-anticipated fourth season on June the 24th. Oh, okay. I was thinking July. This is... Did I say July? No, I didn't. I said June. I'm thinking this month, but that's already passed. V is for Vino, follows host and sommelier Vince Anter as he hits the road to explore wine regions and their people, history, culture, food, and wine topics. Episodes can be seen on vsforvino.com, and that's just all one big word, V is for Vino, and also on YouTube and Roku. Availability on Amazon Prime is also pending. This season will also debut in airports nationwide via Reach TV, which is America's leading airport TV provider at a later date. Season four, in season four, the show focuses on the return to travel that so many around the world have been waiting for. Seven new episodes, five countries, and too many wines to count. From the value-driven wines of Portugal to Provence rosés made in the sunny Mediterranean to crisp, crisp Albarinos in northwest Spain's uh, Celtic region or Celtic region, Vince explores new wines, food, and culture all across Europe. Vince also tra- uh, also traverses the foggy hills of Piedmont in northwest Italy, explores the modern side of historic Bordeaux in France, and even learns about the consumer side of wine in Chicago. I'm ready, says Vince. You know, no wonder you are, Vince. I would love to have your job, too. I'm ready to get back to travel, joy, and laughter, and to experience new foods, people, and memories. Wine and travel make such a wonderful pairing, and this season tries to make up for the lost time of the last few years. We went full speed ahead back into adventure, and it's truly our most ambitious season yet. Season four is here. Now, he and he said, you know, make up for lost time. I don't know when seasons one, two, and three came out. I I have no idea. I don't re- recall it. I don't remember it. But uh, season four is here. And, it, you know, the reviews are great. They say it's, you know, uh, something that's really interesting in the areas and what he talks about, and he makes it simple for people, and he really does explain stuff. So if you have not seen it, then V is for Vino is available at vsforvino.com, I guess past episodes, and you can, well, I don't know if Amazon Prime has it yet or not. Uh, They said they were trying to get it on there. They have uh, season three on Amazon Prime. It's for ninety nine cents uh, per episode. Huh? Um, oh, okay. Season three, they hit. Yeah, there was only three episodes in season three, and wow. it looks like it was all from. That doesn't make sense. It's all from October first, uh, two thousand twenty. That's probably they website. posted it. Yeah, um, yeah it could be. Uh, 
Uh, press release. Uh, blah, blah, blah. That's all they're showing. Um, season. Oh, here we go. If I can click on something and oh, it shows. Uh, yeah, three episodes in season three: Walla Walla, Washington, Ensenada, Mexico, and the Finger Lakes in New York. Um, and there's no. Uh, yeah, season four is season four now. They have. Well, they have seven some episodes, episodes already. Yeah, that's yeah, it. It shows them here. Uh, Portugal, mm. Arias, Baxio in Spain, Provence, and mm. yep. Chicago, Piedmont, Bordeaux, Port. That should be an interesting in Euro Valley. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what uh, they're seeing the release mm. dates, though. According to yeah. this, what I'm seeing here. 624 is the first episode, 71 is the next, 78, which is tomorrow would be the next, and the 15th, 22nd, 29th, and then August the 5th that will be the last one, according to this. Now, they may release earlier or something, I don't know. But nothing on season were, 1 and 2? Yes, there's, uh, yeah, season 1 uh, was back in 2017. Wow. Um, there were... Yeah, they had uh, three episodes plus a special called Cheese and Wine uh, that was on. That was in 2000. It, it says filmed. So that's the filming date was between uh, 2017 and 2018. And then uh, season two had three episodes, and that was filmed in 2019 over uh, August, September, and oh, May was the first episode. And then season three was filmed in February uh, 2020 or 2020 and October 2020. Uh, there were three episodes. And then season four uh, was filmed in 2021. Um, looks like August, seven. October, September. Yeah, seven up. That's big uh, season for them. July. Yeah. July through October, it looks like they got the uh, seven episodes in for uh, season three, three, four. So. Three and seven. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't recall yeah. it at all. I don't even recall hearing about it or anything. You know, mm, you probably go no. back to an old episode, and you know, I probably talked about it. But no, I don't recall <laughs> anything yeah. about this, this, that Venus Ravino. Check it out, people. Oh. I mean, you know, if, if it's ninety-nine cents an episode, you can afford ten bucks to watch the three previous seasons. And uh, it says uh, at, on their website, it says uh, watch Vias for Vino free. And uh, there's just different. Uh, there's links to it, and uh, oh, there you, go. you can you can watch on your TV. Yeah, watch on your TV or on YouTube uh, is what they what they're showing here. So yeah, oh, fantastic. So there you go. Oh, Save it. yourself ten bucks. Watch it for free. It sounds interesting. I, the, the reviews on it were very mm-hmm. good, uh, and but yeah. everybody always puts up good reviews. You're not going to put up reviews saying, "Oh, that sucked. <laughs> I'll never waste my time." You know, I mean, you don't do that. So. Uh, but um, yeah, it's it would give you a, a nice opportunity to learn and see some of these areas that uh, we talk about on all about wine and all that. So mm-hmm. and uh, it'd be fun. It'd be good to get him on the show. I'll have to see if I can't find a connection to him somewhere. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so. all right, very good. Well, we're done. Uh, it's. Oh, ooh. Eight minutes after seven, after eight. So. After yeah, yeah. Um, our next uh, episode will be live again next Thursday on 
God, July already. July 14th will be the next episode. So uh, wow. tune in if you can uh, live at 7 p.m. Eastern time uh, uh, in the evening, obviously Eastern time uh, at 7 p.m. We're on live or, you know, archives always welcome. And uh, if you do watch us on the social media like Facebook or YouTube, you can still comment and uh, we'll get the comments if you have like a delayed response or a delayed question, like, you know, something you want to, you know, refer back to and, you know, well, maybe we can cover it on the, on the next show or something. So uh, uh, just let us know, just uh, send in your comments and, uh, or you can always do by email, of course, all about wine one zero one at gmail.com. So uh, what else? I think I just covered the outro. I don't have to play it now. <laughs> That's right. Pretty much so. Yeah. That, that, you did a good job. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, All right. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. And uh, thank you for coming in. One uh, other thing. Our guest last week, uh, Mm -hmm. Bloodvine, check out his book. It's a very interesting book, and uh, I I think you enjoy it. Speaking of which, Mike, I I finished my copy of it. I got it in an envelope ready to drop it in the mail to you. So you you don't get this. So you can read through it. So, uh, Cool. Yeah, it, it's you. You enjoy it. You, you yeah. So okay. Uh, y'all be safe out there for another week, and we will see you next week. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. All About Wine. That was extremely loud. Am I still on her? No, I'm not. Okay. i got to end this. Hang on. All right. Go back here. Well, what's wrong? Now, you went there, and I didn't. I left too soon, and I didn't hear you. And I'm trying to cut.